Well, hey, everybody, with the Cubs winning this week, I thought it'd be appropriate to have my friend up in Chicago, longtime suffering Cubs fan on the show, John Safford. Hey, Johnny, great to have you with me. And uh, copying a little something I have I got from Bill Simmons because, you know, he always has his friends on. And and I know you're you are into the Cubs. And hey, we, we were talking just the other day, but we're going back and forth. And you said after the Cubs won, you had a little tear in your eye. You were a little choked up. What was it like when they, they got the final out? What was that whole feeling like for you? Well, Robbie, as always, good to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, I, I cried like a baby. Um, I've waited for 41 years for them to win and not just win the World Series, just to get into the World Series. And uh, as I told you, I was uh, there at game six when we beat Kershaw to get into the World Series. And I teared up even more then. It was just, you know, everybody has a story. Um, it's either a long lost relative that never got to see the Cubs win or one of your buddies. But to see it actually happen at Wrigley was just unbelievable. And then to go back to this past Wednesday when they won it all. Oh, my God. It was just under five hours. I was watching it with my wife. We we're just exhausted because it was going on midnight. And I was so emotionally drained that it was just it was unbelievable to see Chris Bryant throw the ball over. He slipped. I swear. Uh, I still think we're. Cursed. I thought it was going to go over Rizzo's head and they were going to score, but I guess luck was on our side this year and Rizzo got it, jumped up and down, and I just couldn't be more happy. What was it like when you saw Rajay Davis hit the home run? I mean, I know that had to be just disastrous to watch. Four words. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, th- I'm thinking Bartman is uh, just shaking his head saying, oh my God, please have them win so people will finally leave me, leave me alone. Yeah, I, I absolutely thought the worst. And you just, it's ingrained. It's part of our DNA as a Cubs fan. When you see something bad happen and they come back to tie it up and get the momentum, you just say to yourself, here we go again. And the only saving grace and the thing that makes me sleep well at night is knowing that the Cubs are so young that even if we didn't win it this year, there's always next year. But you're so tired of hearing that mantra, that cliche of there's always next year. And uh, when you're so close this year, so I'm, I'm just glad that we had a little bit left in the tank. Well, as Houston fans, we know this. We've, we've had our long-suffering teams now with the Indians as the most long-suffering team. The Astros are now mm-hmm. number two overall. So we know what you go through. But what we don't understand, and, and I, I'm curious to what you think about this, as an Astros fan, nobody's rooting for the Astros. You don't have a national following. What's it like when, right. you're, when your team is the national, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a national falling. Everybody's kind of rooting for the Cubs now. What, what, what's that feel like? Yeah, well, it's nice, you know. I mean, when, when you walk down the street, I, I could be in New York City where I used to live and people would still give me a thumbs up when they saw me wearing a Cubs jersey. Um, or I could be out at work in a different state and at least everybody can appreciate losing. I mean, everyone's lost some time in their life and uh, the Cubs just more so, unfortunately. I think there's a certain amount of pity. <laughs> George Costanza used to say, pity is underrated. And uh, so, you know, we've had a losing streak for, what, 108 years or 71 since uh, we won the World Series. I think everybody can appreciate that and getting kind of over the hump. Take me back because you, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. You started rooting for the Cubs back, I guess, in the early Harry Carey days. Does it go, it goes back there. And you remember the. Yeah, it goes to Jack. It goes back to Jack Brickhouse. Absolutely. You know, listen, I played ball. I went to Mizzou to play baseball. You know, who really did it for me was Bill Buckner. I I think everyone remembers Bill Buckner being on the 86 uh, Red Sox when the ball went under his leg. He he started off 
in Chicago as a Cubs fan. And I wanted to be just like Bill Buckner. I wanted to be a first baseman. And that's why I played first base my entire life. And so that would have been probably late 70s, early 80s. And one of my my best uh, recollection, kind of when everything started, was back in 84 when my mother took me to my very first Cubs game. And I remember in the car in a way too Wrigley, a Van Halen jump was on. And that was a really <laughs> popular song that year. And I mean, it's just the song just goes over and over and over my head. It was my first experience at the ballpark. Don't recall who we played, but do recall us playing um, and winning. And just it was just, oh, my gosh, I just think about that. That was over 30 years ago, Robbie. And uh, one of my most cherished memories as a little kid. And then also later on in that year, one of the worst memories as a kid was when we played the Astros. We were the heavy favorites to win. We were up two, two to oh. This is back when. I was only a, a series of five, um, five-game series. And then, unfortunately, Steve Garvey in game four, I'm still mad at Steve Garvey, despite him being another hero of mine growing up. He won, hit that, I think it was a two-run homer to beat the Cubs. And to this day, I hate, I hate the Padres as a result. Um, but that all happened in 84, and I would say that really solidified my love for the, uh, for the Cubs. And that's dating back, you know, 31, 32 years ago. So you have family members? Do you have family members that go back and have been rooting for the Cubs for years, like grandparents and parents and stuff like that? Yeah, so so the grandparents, you know, grew up elsewhere. So not so much. I know everyone has a story about their grandparents. I mean, my grandmother, in fact, I'm seeing her this upcoming week. She's 102 years old, still still kicking, and I'm going to see her, and I just I, I make a joke of it that my grandmother is 102 years old, and even she wasn't around <laughs> yeah. to see the, the last Cubs World Series. It just It's just kind of awe-inspiring. But, yeah, we're a big family of, of Cubs fans, no doubt about it. We are not Sox fans. I don't have a dislike for the, for the White Sox, which a lot of people think is crazy. I'm a Chicago guy, tried and true, but absolutely no doubt I'm a Cubs fan all the way, um, really, since birth. What about Joe Madden? I forgot to mention that. We mm. talked about the Rajay Davis, but – what what was your thought on Madden? Because it's it's got to be tough because you go, this is the guy that brought us there. He made all these great moves, but then he gets into that game six and game seven. And I think everybody felt like, oh, he's panicking a little bit, bringing in Araldis Chapman in game six when you're up seven yeah. to two. What, what what was your thinking as far as Joe Madden? And I mean, it could have been, you know, if if it doesn't work out right, you know, then the guy looks like he's a total idiot, even though he's the guy that did everything to get you to this point. Yeah, no, it's a great question because before this series, I would have told you Joe Madden, I would have one word for it, and that is God, right? I mean, he is taking, and, and along with Theo Epstein as well, I mean, just what these guys have done. Uh, Madden, I, I, I just, I, not just from an X's and O's perspective, just the way he treats his, his players and gets the best out of them. I think most leaders should emulate themselves after him. Uh, I just don't have enough good things to say about him until game six. And I was sitting there with my wife and did the whole earmuffs over my kids' ears using some expletives that I won't uh, repeat right <laughs> now. But uh, yeah, needless to say, I just did not understand it. And I listened to his rationale post-game and he said it's because we were up at the heart of the order and he wanted his best closer to get after them. And I just disagree with that at, at the time because to your point, we had a five-run lead. If and when they scored one or two, then maybe you would bring them in. But not then. And I just I just was surprised. And we all knew, you know, the following day um, in game seven was going to be a challenge. And it was. Fortunately, um, it was also a challenge for Kluber and Miller, um, who didn't do very well either because we were used to seeing them. But 
on the flip side of that, they were used to seeing Chapman. And so I got a little lucky there when, uh, thank God, Lester pitched well and Mike Montgomery. Did you get a chance to go to the parade? Oh, man, that's a good question. You know what? I took the day off, as did my wife. We had to take the kids to daycare. And by the time we we turned on the TV and there were already about a million and a half people there, and we said by the time we got down there, it would have already begun and we would have been like four million people deep. And so I know it's a little bit sacrilegious to say no, but we actually did not. Estimates were around 5 million people. And had we lived in the city, we live in the burbs now, as you know, but if we lived in the city, I think we would have, or if we didn't have kids, we would have, because we would have gone early. But by the time we got to kids to daycare, Robbie, it would have been, you know, darn near impossible to get there and actually see anything. So I feel a little guilty, but I also, logically speaking, thinking it was probably the right thing to do. But we really did both take the day off to do it. And then we just ended up spending some time together. Yeah, what what's the atmosphere though like in Chicago right now? I mean, just have you been have you been out much amongst the people and kind of got the feeling of the way things are right now? Because sure. one of the things that I noticed and and I don't know if if you've seen this, but uh, a friend of mine was was down at Wrigley Field a couple of you know I think it was just on Friday. There was still chanting and still part. You could still yeah. hear it in the background when he was he he posted something on his phone and people were still going crazy. Yeah, people, they're just elated, you know, I mean, especially for us true, you know, there's there's criticism about those Fairweather fans and folks that don't even know much about the Cubs and they just want to get in and cheer along with everyone. Hey, for the rest of us, millions of people that are true diehard Cubs fans. And to your earlier point, there are folks nationally that like the Cubs and what they've told me when I've gone state to state and, and travels, they say, John, I grew up with WGN. You know, I, I lived in Atlanta or I lived in California. I watched WGN and, and the Cubs are my favorite. And so there really are folks are just they're, they're related. They're happy to see this. And when I'm, you know, whether I'm in the burbs or in the city and I've been in both, there's it, there seems to be a permanent smile the closer you get to oh, Wrigley. And when I was there at game six, when we beat Kershaw to get into the World Series, they and this is interesting. I didn't even know this could take place. They closed off Wrigleyville. I mean, I'm talking a 20 block radius. They wouldn't even let people in. Even if you live there, you'd have to show proof. But they didn't forewarn anybody that they would be doing this. So there's people that, you, you know, the driver's license still has an old address or what have you. People couldn't even get in. Fortunately, we got there in the morning. But there was probably, I'd say, a couple hundred thousand people just on the streets walking through after we won. And it was a real experience. I mean, I've never been around 300,000 people that were just elated all for this for the singular purpose of the Cubs winning. It was really a neat experience to have. And I wish I could have shared it with you. You know, I'm sure when other folks win uh, the Super Bowl or say the Patriots or the Bulls back in the 90s. Yes, but that was expected. They were the best team for years and years and years. When you haven't won in 108 years, it's an entirely different experience especially when baseball used to be America's pastime. And I like to think that it still is, even though um, football might have now crowned themselves as such. It is just wonderful to see America's pastime that goes back century, century and a half, and the lovable losers to bring it all home. You just see kind of permanent smiles on everyone's face. Yeah, and I think I said Friday. I meant Saturday. Friday was the parade, so of course everybody would still be going crazy, but I was just amazed. Saturday, no parade, nothing else going on, and they were still chanting in the middle of the day at Wrigley on Saturday. And, you know, Houstonians, 
I think, I, I don't know, I'll speak for myself, but when I see a team that hasn't won for a while, I'm rooting for that team and that fan base. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times I look at sure. it in terms of the city. Well, has that city not won in a while? With Cleveland, and you had Indians and you had the Cubs, and both of them hadn't got, done it in a long time. But Cleveland had just had a parade four months earlier exactly. with LeBron James and everything like that. So it was it was a little bit harder, but I wouldn't have felt bad with either one. But, you know, it's funny. There were the two national fan bases. There were the Braves and the Cubs. For the people that grew up watching those stations on, you know, Turner and on WGN and stuff like that. And I think that the thing is a lot of people gravitated towards the Cubs because of the ballpark, because of Harry Carey and all of those other factors. The and, nostalgia. Yeah, and they were the longtime, you know, sort of quote-unquote lovable losers. I, I think there's this thing that now everybody's going to supposedly hate the Cubs because now they've, you know, <laughs> now, now they're no longer the losers anymore and now they're they're on top. But to me, I don't... I don't know if I necessarily see see it that way. If you've won one in 108 years, I don't know if that makes you that. I, I tell you, the, the one other thing I, I want to ask you, John, is I know for a fan base, the cool thing is always when, the, when you sense that the players understand what a big deal it is for this community. And I feel like the Cubs players, not only are they great guys, but you could tell just the emotion. Guys watching the end of that and, and the guys in the locker room and the guys being interviewed, John, they were choked up and they were almost speechless. And you know, yeah, you win a championship no matter what, what you are and in what sport, but I could it seemed like I could sense that they felt the history. They understood what it meant and that these guys are, you know, I get the sense that all these guys are are really good guys. I mean, Araldis Chapman, we know a little bit that his history, Mm -hmm. he's got some stuff in his history, but guys like Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, these guys seem like they're really good guys. Well, when you, when you look at it, we got Hayward, uh, Zobrist and Fowler. Uh, The three of those guys wanted to play for us to get the world. World Series and bring a championship home to the Chicago Land North Side, and I'm sure there's others. But you know, Hayward could have got more money elsewhere. We all know Fowler could have. Um, Zobris wanted to come help uh, help one of his mentors in Madden and help him win a championship here. I, I would say five, ten years ago, folks would have wanted to come to Chicago because it's a great city. Now they want to come here to win a World Series, and secondarily to that is because Chicago is a good city. Right. And so it, it, the whole dynamic has changed. This team is young. They're fun. People want to play for Madden. So, yes, there's a historical aspect to this where they wanted to bring the champions, that elusive championship home to Chicago. But on top of that, Robbie, you have folks that want to play for Madden, want to be part of this 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 family that they have. I mean, look how much fun they have. I used to play ball. I played for 25 years. And and there's teams I've been on that were like that. And there's teams that I was on that we weren't. And it's just more fun to be part of a family, um, that whole atmosphere. And so I look forward to next year. I mean, we do have Chapman and Fowler, the two that come top of mind. It will probably be gone. I don't think we'll be able to afford them. But I'm hoping that we can we can hold on to uh, some of these guys. And then the other ones, we're good for at least two to three more years. And then I suspect the team will be broken up because there's just not going to be enough dollars um, to pay everybody because everybody is worth a lot of moolah and, and we're fortunately for us we have a lot of young talent that you know isn't isn't making uh you know the top dollar just yet 
Yeah, it's funny. You mentioned a couple of names that Astros fans are familiar with. Dexter Fowler, we traded to you guys. Of course, he I think he left That's and he right. came back and uh, almost almost ended up with the with the Orioles uh, before the season started, which was really that's a crazy story. And then Zobrist was a guy that the Astros and I don't have to a lot of ask longtime Astros fans remember this, but it's been almost eight years ago, nine years ago. The Astros traded Audrey to get Audrey Huff for him. I think this goes back to 2007. And so he was a guy that came through the Astros organization, but then had all of his success. And of course, this is, I, I believe this is now a second World Series in the last two years with a couple of different teams. Yeah. And I think he got MVP both years in a row, if, I don't, if I'm not mistaken. And, and then also throw, uh, throw in another name that we've talked about is Chris Bryant. And that's the one that hurts the Astros the most of all because we drafted Mark that's Appel right. instead, of, instead of Chris Bryant. So there is a lot of connection with the Astros fans with all of these guys. So it, it, it hurts. I think mostly the, the Chris Bryant thing hurts the most. But Zobris is a guy that it's funny. He's, he's done pretty well. And they traded for Aubrey Huff. And Aubrey Huff wasn't a terrible player, but they didn't keep him past the year that they traded for him. So he was a guy that, you know, they just, they basically ended up trading him and almost got nothing for him. Can I just say a couple, couple comments real quick with Zobris? It's funny. I remember last year, oh, excuse me, Fowler. Um, I think he got like a, a two-run homer. We were playing the Astros and you, you texted me and said, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that, was, thought that was funny. And then in terms of Zobris, you know, Madden's actually going to have a really tough time in his hands figuring out what he wants to do because as good as Zobrist is, um, I mean, look, MVP of the, of the, uh, the world series. I mean, I love the guy. He's one of the best utility players I've seen in a long, long time, but we got Baez, you know, Javi is just, he didn't have the greatest world series, but the NLDS, he was unbelievable. Just a superstar. I think he was batting 650 for the series. His defense is second to none. Some folks have said he's the most, natural baseball player they've ever seen well with Schwarber coming back to left field next year you, you got to play Schwarber I mean just look what he did in the World Series which is still mind-boggling that's a whole nother story with Schwarber coming back to left where are you putting Zobrist you either benching Zobrist or you're benching Javi I mean it's a good problem to have but I'm curious to see what exactly he's uh he's going to do as far as Fowler um we have Almora Jr. who's a stud I suspect Fowler will probably leave, unfortunately. We'll have Almora Jr. there to play center, which is which is great. Um, I'm, I'm happy with that. But um, I think I think we're set no matter what. The Chapman, I think if we could get Chapman back, that will be huge. And I suspect he'll, he'll want too much money. But um, that's we need help in the bullpen. Might not be a bad idea for the Astros to get, to get Fowler back. But I tell you what, I know you guys love to worry about those things. But no, you got a championship in the back pocket. I tell you what, I can't be more happy for you. And thanks so much for doing this. Great to talk with you, John. Hey, Robbie, anytime, buddy. Thanks so much. For more interviews, subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes, or if you're an Android user, download our free Houston Sports Talk app in the Google Play Store. We're also available on Stitcher or the TuneIn app, and our website is HoustonSportsTalk.net. Oh,